1: wow hey everybody i'm dr pat and i do this fabulous show with ellen stewart pushy broad from the bronx um you know one of the things i want to say about this is that uh those of us that come from maybe it's a history maybe it's our family you know maybe it's something that along the way that has got us to have a new level of awareness if not that, then all you need to do is read the latest statistics out there about alcohol consumption. Actually, the purchase of alcohol, I think we're up there almost 522% increase. But besides all of that, what do you do? Well, that's what Ellen has dedicated her life to. You know, she not only does a show about this, but she works with people. And now with Zoom, you can pretty much work with people all over the globe. But what does that even mean? Well, what it means is you listen to the many, many shows that she's done, her passion, her purpose. You know, when you are in the world and you don't know where to turn, to have a 30 minute session with Ellen to remove the stressors of COVID 19, these are some of the things that you don't always talk about in your traditional programs. Are we talking about the stressors that get us beyond the point of no return? What kind of help can you get? Well, you can get help and you can get help from Ellen. But today's show, it is the word that a family doesn't like to hear that often, but absolutely needs. The word intervention. If there was ever a time to understand intervention, it is today. Ellen, Great to have you. We got a powerful show. You're going to introduce somebody today, aren't you?
0: Yes, I am, Dr. Pat. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. I really love doing this show with you. I think it's so meaningful for everybody. Recovery recharged, and today the show is about something that we all can benefit from, especially now during COVID-19 intervention. What it is? What is it about? Does it work? And this show is dedicated. This episode is dedicated to families. This is going to be extremely important for every single family member who wants desperately to get help to for their loved one, if they're suffering from alcohol or substance abuse and they don't know what to do about it. And whatever the family tries to do, it doesn't work.
1: No, I, we didn't, I didn't know what to do about it. I mean, none of us, you know, you know what my dad's solution was for my mom. And you know my story, my mom committed suicide. My dad's solution for my mom is to send her over to Dr. Jacoby so he could prescribe drugs, prescription drugs, to just keep her calm. So now you have alcohol, and then you have what they used to call old school, right? Let's go old school, barbiturates. Right, right. I don't think we use that word anymore, do we? Barbiturates. Oh, my God, I'm dating myself.
0: But now, of course... Families have a chance to be around each other more because everybody's in quarantine. Everybody's taking a look and seeing whether or not their family member needs help. And now they have time to do the research. So we're going to bring the research to them today, okay? We're going to do all of that and let them know from a certified intervention professional. And that's my The gentleman's name is Cliff Coblin. I know him for a very long time. He and I go back, oh, maybe about 16 years. But he spent 30 years in the behavioral health and addiction field. And the gentleman is a licensed professional counselor, a licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, and also a certified intervention professional. So we're really going to get expert advice today about that whole big word, what is an intervention. So Recovery Recharged is very honored and glad to introduce Cliff Coblin. How are you today, Cliff?
2: I'm doing okay. Um, Thanks for having me on.
0: So let's start with the very, very basics. Let's tell our audience exactly what we mean by an intervention. What's your definition?
2: Okay, so an intervention is usually a process. uh, And usually what happens first is family members and friends talk amongst themselves for a very long period of time, sort of, unempowered to do anything. They talk about what are they gonna do, how sick the person's getting. Uh, the, the, one of the, the primary pieces of an intervention is not just for the identified loved one, it's for the family, it's for the friends who are taken hostage by the illness. You know, there's a usually, every time I've done this and I've done these, I've worked on this for a long time, there's really a soul underneath the addiction, a soul underneath the mental health, uh whatever addiction there is, whether it's alcohol, drugs, um, sexual addiction, compulsive gambling, you name it, uh, it takes the family out. So usually what happens is the family and friends, so they're talking amongst themselves and they're not finding a solution because any solution is sort of imperfect. They're really terrified. And uh, eventually somebody calls me or someone like me and says, we don't know what to do. <laughs> and I go, and then I talk to them for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. to tell them a little bit about what the process is because it's very, very, very specific. It's not something where it's done in five minutes. Intervention takes time. All the, all the prospective team members have to be interviewed. Usually I do it face-to-face, but now I do it with Zoom to determine where they're coming from, what, what their belief system is. Is there anybody who's toxic in the group? Um, and then we start about getting ready to, to start the intervention. Okay. It's, it's only a clinical process if somebody hires interventions to do the work.
0: Right, I understand. Okay, so I'm sure Dr. Pat and I want to back you up for a little bit there just to go back because she said a lot of different things, okay? okay? First of all, Dr. Pat, the most amazing thing to me is, and I've, we've, I've been doing this for a very, very long time, that now there are interventions for things in addition to alcohol and substance misuse. Yeah,
1: oh my God, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. right? we yeah. talking
0: about um, uh, compulsive gambling, right? That could be one of those as well uh prescription drug dependence sexual addiction also too yep. because sexual um there are sexual um treatment centers mm-hmm. eating disorders which is a very yep. big thing and also mm-hmm. i know cliff was doing mental health disorders uh, as well that are not necessarily addiction or drug related but the yeah. most imp-
1: go ahead you know go. the thing i love about what we're doing here and maybe yeah. we we should j- just talk a little bit about this for a second First of all, the word intervention, I mean, we've seen it on television, we've seen it in our pop culture, but can I just ask a question about it for the public? So I had a friend say to me, Cliff, well, we did an intervention. I said, okay, what, what did you do? They said, we, to- we told our son he had to stop. And I said, oh. And so when when did so wh- tell me about the intervention? They said no, that's it. We told our son we had to stop. So I just wanted to be a little bit more like there's an intervention and then there's an intervention cliff, right? right? <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is true because I've had somebody say that to me. that was like, oh yeah, we told her to stop. Like okay.
0: Right. Well, one of the first things that we talk about and what Cliff was saying was the fact that the family does no longer knows what to do. So the family is extremely upset about the behavior of their loved one right there. Their loved one is drinking too much or they're drugging too much or they're they're doing something that they consider a problem. So the whole family gets together, and they have this powwow, and they turn around and say, oh, my God, what are we going to do about Johnny? Because Johnny is destroying his life and destroying the family. So everybody gets involved, and everybody says all these things, just like you said, Dr. Pat, and sometimes they yell, sometimes they scream, sometimes they cry, sometimes they kick Johnny out. They do a variety of things over the course of a certain amount of time, and sometimes it goes on for years, and Johnny isn't getting any. The family is now all of a sudden beside themselves because Johnny's getting worse. Yeah. That's what happens. And intervention basically means to the whole world, very simply, I need to go for outside help because whatever the family is doing as a whole is no longer working. So that's where Cliff comes in. A professional who says there is a better way to get serious help. So maybe, I,
2: maybe i should uh sort of clarify what that process is because um so often what happens is i get called after the family has unsuccessfully put together something uh that that fails because the family doesn't know you know uh what to do so often i get a call the intervention process is really really involved and part of it is working with the family on their own codependency, because during this dance of addiction or mental health, the family who loves the person keeps stepping over the invisible line. They're afraid. Often the the, the identified loved one will say, if you call someone, I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah. Um, you don't yep. love me. Yep. Uh, you hate me. Yep. Um, and usually, So the family gets some help in the beginning, the case management, the meeting with the family members, talking to them. So once I get the I-team together, an intervention team, so they've been pre-screened, we talk about um, when the intervention might happen, where it's gonna be, I meet with the family face to face first, and then I meet with the family and the loved one on the same day. So by that point, the family and friends have finally spoken together for the first time, and they're coming up a little with some solutions. Um, and it, if, if someone gets in the door, they usually go to treatment. That's the way it works. If the, if the family members in the I-team do their homework, the person goes. Um, and I work, I have a, something pending now with a woman who's alcohol dependent, she's got an eating disorder, and she's been traumatized. And I'm working really hard to get her and her family together so I can, yeah. and this is case management. So what yeah. happens, what I do, and anybody that does what I do is we, there's 14,000 treatment centers in the United States. They all have what they say is is excellent care They're all cookie cutter. And what I do is I sort of work with the family to pick the best three options. uh, For the family and the loved one, because if I wouldn't send my daughter somewhere, I'm not sending their child. Right. I've worked with teens, adults. um, I think I've been doing interventions for probably about 12 years. Before that I was doing family therapy on steroids, but the interventions is very organized. Um, It's not quite scientific, but pretty much. And if the families do what they're supposed to do and the person comes, they usually go to treatment.
0: Hmm. Wow. Okay, well, this is a very, very interesting process and it's a very involved process, but we still, of course, for our listeners have to break it down a little bit more to make it a little clearer for them to understand step-by-step what the event would be so at this moment we said that when when families no longer can do things themselves there are certain things that happen in their lives that make it uh, very important for them to seek an interventionist and call a professional so we have to out there we we want you to to answer the following questions do you find that your loved one is isolating or withdrawing from activities that they once? right? Are they they isolating? Do they speak or act as though they don't care what happens to them? Do they deny or minimize problems in their life? Is that what you're up against? Think about it. Have they suffered some sort of life setback, such as a job loss or financial crisis or relationship issue? Is their behavior either secretive or erratic or causing you concern? Have they experienced medical complications? Have they been arrested? or as a result of their behavior facing criminal charges. This is what happens when families can no longer do it themselves. And it's always predicated by some crisis. Don't you think Dr. Pat?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do. And, you know, for me, as I'm looking at this, those are indicators. Uh, And, you know, I don't know if you find this or not, but a lot of times family members don't see it, right? For example, they'll just say, oh, Johnny's being moody again. Or, uh, you know, Mary must have had something happen. And I think that what we're trying to say is that, you know, I'd rather people err on the side of being a little bit conservative and not come up with some other rationalization for what the mood change is about. But if you start to see a pattern of things, I'll tell you, This is the time to reach out for help, not when you get past the point where you're starting to see your child doesn't come out of their room anymore, but it sometimes is really hard to see, isn't it? Yes, it's
0: very hard to see, and that's where there's some major crisis that always precipitates an intervention. Cliff, would you say that every single time you get called for an intervention, it's on the precipice of a major crisis?
2: Uh, yeah, I would say so. I think I think the other uh, pieces that may not be on the script is that family members stop doing things that they enjoy. In other words, their life suffers because they're so focused on their loved one. So a vacation gets canceled, or a business trip gets canceled, or other family obligations. If there are other siblings. In the household, they're sort of ignored to some extent. Um, and by the time I get the call, uh, usually th- the person who calls me is in chaos. Yeah. Or hysterical, really yeah.
0: hysterical and upset because there's a whole breakdown of the family.
2: Yes. So by that
0: time, the family is asking themselves, do, do I get a professional? Can I do this myself? And what happens? How When they talk to you, how do you talk to them, Cliff, about whether or not they should do this themselves? What's the advantage of a certain? Well,
2: I, I mean, I, I think they already have. In other words, it may not be named an intervention. They may have gotten together over a holiday uh, or a special event. Right. Where usually the person is impaired in whatever way. So if it's a mental health disorder, they're really agitated or they're anxious or they're so depressed they go up and isolate. For addiction stuff, it's usually pretty clear because the person, un- unusual for them not to go to an event and not have pregame. Uh So often I say to the family, well, what has happened and what have you done in the past? And they usually say, well, you know, we did get together on Easter uh, and we talked to our loved one and you know, they didn't, they didn't react. And I said, how many times have you do this, done this? And they say several. And then I tell them the difference between what I do or someone like me and what they've done. And the difference is, you know, as a licensed person, I sort of will be able to tell when I meet the person. Whatever It doesn't take long. Um, and the, the other piece is families do not have to negotiate setting up treatment for their loved one. They have no idea. They're they're not well versed in dealing with treatment centers, insurance companies. Often they need some help on their own, um, and so I, I I outline it for them, and I say, well, this is what you've done, and uh, if you let me get involved, we'll see where it goes. And they and when they're when they're really it, when they really want to move, there's a difference between saying that they want to do something and doing something. Mm. Absolutely.
0: And, and Dr. Pat, we also know that we know what it's like to be in a big family where everybody has their own opinion, right? Everybody yeah. know what's best for Johnny, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: fighting around it.
1: Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Uh, I think we have time to talk about it. We'll go to a break at the half if that's okay. But let me ask this question. Um, it could be, and this is a family dynamic, so what do you do if this is part of a family where the parents don't agree? Let's say maybe there is some form of addiction in the, parent, in the family system and family members don't agree. And this is what I find when we're talking about intervention. It's I get asked this question all the time. You know, my husband doesn't agree. My wife doesn't agree. Can I, can I still do it? And so these are the tricky parts of this, I think, that perhaps we should talk about for a minute.
2: Cliff, Oh, you want, okay. Um, so there is a format to interventions. Um, <laughs> there's a friend of mine that wrote a book called Love First. Uh, you probably know of him, Jeff J. So before I do an intervention, I will not do an intervention unless people purchase his book. It's like a manual, how-to. So in the intervention process, it talks about um, variables like how many people. The reason I do the pre-screens on the on Zoom is because if I notice that there's a family member who is just oppositional. And most families have other issues. So John, Johnny may have an alcohol problem, but his older brother might be using cocaine and dad or mom might be doing some other behavior. But my focus is on, that, on John. So if I talk to a family member who is just disbelieving that this is a critical point, I will ask them to write a letter and I will remove them. Because the decision about who goes on the team is mine. It's not the family's. Because if they could have made a decision, Johnny would be in healthy right now. So I, I sort of set a limit. You know, that's, that's the thing about writing a letter. That's the thing about talking to me and talking. Usually the families will tell me in advance. You know, my brother, he's not going to be supportive. And then I ask them, well, what do you think we should do about it? Mm-hmm. And they almost always say, well, is there a way to politely remove him and that's my job and so when I talk to the person I, I say it seems to me that you don't support the critical nature of this and when a person says no because they have their own problem very similar I said will you write a letter because having someone toxic in that in that family meeting with the loved one yeah can turn it on its heels and, and yeah. usually yeah. everybody yeah. else understands and and usually the person that you know, is sort of, I won't say they're toxic. They have a much different opinion uh, goes along, goes along peacefully. Yeah.
0: And wow. that means that an interventionist is really a mediator, right? Dr. Pat. I mean, there's the one sitting there between everybody else saying, okay, let's get control of this. Let's get yeah. everybody. Saying, yeah.
1: Hey. Right. Yeah. And you absolutely need it. I mean, when, look, you're already talking about a scenario where something may have happened in a family. And it's, what did Einstein say? You cannot solve the problem at the level the problem started. And that's why you bring somebody in because they have one thing and one thing in mind. And it's not about choosing sides. It's not about looking at family issues on one side or the other. It's very specifically to save a life. Uh, And to do that through ways of intervention, which give people choices. And they're not cookie cutter. And let's just say this to be clear. This is not a cookie cutter approach. There's no two families that are the same. And if you don't get someone that is skilled and experienced and knowledge and knows what they're doing, then you could be heading down a pathway you don't want to go. And that's why for me, when I when anybody says the word intervention, there are people that know how to do it and do it well, and there are people that don't. And you need to really seek people out that know what they're doing.
0: And for there's certain credentials for interventionists, so we pick and choose the right professional.
2: Are you asking me that question? Yes,
0: I know you are. So,
2: so Pennsylvania is the only state In the United States it has a CIP certified intervention professional no other states do it it you do not have to be certified most interventions are not licensed some are so it it can be a bit of a problem Um, so because sometimes I come in as a second opinion in other words uh, someone has contacted an interventionist uh, and that person tends to do a very quick process. Uh, often treatment centers have an interventionist on staff, but they pretty much do like a WebEx intervention, you know, where they're not live with the loved one. So all the interventions I do are live. They're face-to-face. So the only thing that limits me now is I'm not getting on a plane <laughs> to go to go somewhere. I'll drive. Nice.
0: Um, so your interventions are now either uh, face-to-face locally or on a WebEx or a closed uh, situation. If
2: I, right right now, it's, so I've always done the face-to-face because there are things that can happen. Um, often what happens is the loved one is really defensive and the first thing they will say is, why are you talking to me? You know, my uncle drinks and we found him past that and I will go well. I'll tell you what, we're here to talk about you. And I will talk to your uncle later once we get you in treatment. So it, it's done with love. It has to be done with love. I, I can't, you can't walk into a process with a family and call son, well, yeah. Yeah. you son. Yeah, you can't walk into a process and be, and be angry. No, with someone because it's ineffective. So that's the first piece is to be gentle. And if the interventions and in the family have prepped well, it'll get addressed. Because that, I mean, families have problems. You know, they have different problems. Um, however, um, when the team—so I'm part of the team. I'm not the team. I, I, uh, I don't make the intervention happen. I don't. I don't force the person to go. They're not committable, or I would have committed them already. I mean, it's just a simple, very scientific process. Uh, sometimes I bring someone with me when it's very large. Um, However, it's usually just about helping the family sort of move along a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and um, and to support them.
1: Yeah. Well, what, one of the things we're going to do, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm I'm sure people want to know what does the process look like. Does it look like what we get on our pop culture show, Ellen? Does it? You know, what is the, What is the the event itself? What might something like this look like for your family? Ellen, let's take a short break. Before we do, can we just mention how people can find out more about you, how they can find out about Cliff?
2: Well, there's, there's, um, so the Association of Intervention Professionals um, has a website, but it's really under supported. So if if one was looking for an interventionist in New Jersey, I'm the only person listed, which is sort of sad. Um, I have a website uh, where uh, I list all the different services I provide. It's a lot of word of mouth. I mean, I've always worked off a of word of mouth. It's successful. The family has a good experience. They, they, they pass it on. Um, it's still because it's because interventions are not supported by insurance uh it also means that there's no license that goes along with it um it it, it can be a struggle because there there's lots of interventionists that are independents. i guess you could google interventionists but uh i'm you know i'm well i'm well respected by my colleagues and
1: w- and what's your website cliff
2: www. Yeah, we- CliffCoblin.com.
1: All right, and that's Coblen with the K. Uh, right. Ellen, what's your website? How do people find out more about you? And when we come back, we're going to take a walk a walk through the site of intervention, but how do people find out about the pushy brought from the Bronx? Or it's
0: the only way that they've been doing it for a very long time now, pushybirdfromthebronx.com. You know I'm here always with Dr. Pat, pushybirdfromthebronx.com. My 800 number, 800-889-1757. I will get you in the right direction. I'll point you towards Cliff or any interventionist that you want. I am also doing free sessions based on COVID-19 stress and anxiety that Dr. Pat talked to you about before. My website, pushybroadfromthebronx.com, as always. Thank you, Dr. Pat.
1: Awesome. Let's take a short break, everybody. When we come back, walk with us. Take this journey with us. What is it that happens to get you to the side of freedom? We'll talk about that when we come back. We'll be right back. Raising the vibrations through stimulating conversations while exploring the mysteries of Atlantis and Lemuria on Tales from the World Radio with me, Amirabeth. Join us every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Be ready to feel empowered and an active part of the changing earth. For more information about me, visit Amirabeth.com.
3: Learn how to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles share stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany, MilesToGoCoaching.com.
1: Get your goddess groove on with me, Laura Hosford. Tune in every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com, where I offer you authentic channel messages of love, inspiration, and heart healing grace. Get your goddess groove on. When the goddess speaks, everyone listens. For more information, visit laurahosford.com. That's laurahosford.com. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive By. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Yeah. Check us out at drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh my goodness.
3: How to lead a happier life on Miles to Go with Brittany Miles. How to lose to gain it all. Join Brittany every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Listen as coach and healer Brittany Miles shares stories that teach you about surrender. For more information about Brittany Miles to Go Coaching.com, what would you
1: do with the power of community? How do you create your own rituals? Tune into Living Your Gifts with me, Susan Huff. Ancient Applications for Modern Times, the second Wednesday of each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Our lives begin with the stories we are told and the stories we tell ourselves. Storytelling is the key. To learn more about me, visit LivingYourGifts.com. That's LivingYourGifts.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Recovery Recharged with Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, and me, Dr. Pat. Today, we're taking on interventions. Do they work? Uh, we have asked Cliff Coblin, Koblen, Koblen but however you say it, it's Cliff, <laughs> to join us here today because this is his area of expertise, 30 years in the behavioral health and addiction field. You know, licensed professional counselor, licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, both in New Jersey and internationally, certified intervention professional. And so this is the person that is right there up close and personal with what it is that's going on in your life, your family, or if you're not in a family, if you are all by yourself and you are thinking to yourself, how am I going to change my life. How am I going to break this addiction? Ellen.
0: So here you are, you are a family member and you are worried about a loved one and you have reached out to someone like Cliff, who is an intervention, intervention professional because your loved one is drinking or drugging or doing something that is harmful to, uh, to themselves. So here you are, you have hired Cliff, Cliff starts to talk to you. Let's work step-by-step, step, Cliff, as to how you work with the family and how the process begins, please. Okay,
2: so once I'm retained, um, I will ask the the, the the primary team member, which is whoever calls me, uh, to uh, chat with me a little bit about their loved one's history. I will then also ask them to put together a list of possibly influential people in this person's life so we go over that Um, and at the same time i ask that person to please talk to those proposed those potential team members i get a little bit of history on them and so now i'm gaining information i then talk to that primary person about their loved one's history In other words, how old they are. Have they had a history of mental health, substance use? Have they had any trauma in their life? Have they had any losses? Um, Headphones kind of mess with the Zoom.
0: (laughs) Can you see us? Are you okay? I I
2: just saw something on chat, but I didn't know what it said.
1: yeah, don't. that's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, we're just probably trying to get ourselves in order here to make sure people get this message.
3: Okay. Um,
1: this is for me and for many people. You've read the headlines. You know, if you haven't read the headlines, you've probably heard somebody tweet about it. Maybe you got your hands on the American Heart Association news report that talks about the latest study from Nielsen. And so... Yeah, we are literally talking about, and this was old, this is April, 500%. Online sales, 500%. And so where's all that going, Ellen? Who's drinking all that? What do you do about it? Exactly, exactly. And I know we did that
0: show together and and we couldn't believe it. I know. Outrageous, absolutely outrageous. And so now everybody, especially since they have more time at home and more time together, are deciding that real help is needed and that they can't do it alone. They need a professional. So Cliff, I always thought of an intervention as a very bad surprise party. How exactly does that work? People think they're going to be surprised and carted away. (laughs)
2: So it's not always a surprise. Sometimes it's an invitational. Usually the loved one knows. They may not know specifically, but they sort of know. They, they know that what's going on with them is so detrimental, but they can't pull themselves out of the hole. So there are two basic options for an intervention. They're both very effective or not effective, depending upon uh, who's doing the work. uh, For a surprise intervention, the individual does not know that this thing is, there's a little bit of subterfuge. Look, I just have to say this, like, I'm really passionate about this. So you may hear me get sort of all up and over because I understand life and death. And that's what this is. It's life and death. So that being said, um, And the other piece that needs to be understood is once the team gets together, it's not a guarantee that the loved one's going to show right? because they're in their own little pattern of drinking and using and isolating and whatever else they're doing. So it has to be very patient. So the last one I did, um, the, the, the brother sort of knew, (laughs) you know, he knew that he needed help. So by the time he got to the site, he was really grateful. And it took about 10 minutes for him to hear some letters. The letters are important because they structure what a family member needs to say. What does
0: the letter, what does, when you ask somebody to write a letter, what's Well, Well the-
2: I, I usually go to um, love first because a letter starts with what is being seen by the family member now. Uh, You know, we've been very close. We're brothers. I remember when we used to do everything together. We don't talk very much. On July 4th, I took you to a family barbecue and you were nodding in the car. Uh, I've seen you overdose. I'm really terrified for you. But the letter structures it so people can read it because often it's really hard for them to say it. Yes, um, and
0: formulate those ideas. Yes. And Dr. Pat, I know how I I know you and I have been through similar things. Have you yeah. ever been to an intervention, Dr. Pat? Have you ever yeah. been to an intervention?
1: No, yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh and and an attempted intervention. And I think those are probably more than often than not, but you know, coming from a family and I think I've shared this with you. I mean, it wasn't but a few years ago, my last sister was put in the ground. And before that, my other sister. And then before that, my other sister. And then before that, my mother. And then before that, my mother's suicide. So, you know, what part of intervention works? So what we know today, and this is this is a comment from me, what we know today is that the interventions, how should I say it? Back in the day, back in the day when people would go into hospitals and they'd grab people and they'd say, I can help you, back in the day, we're in a very complex and sophisticated world today. This is a different world. This is the world that your drug dealer with the text message can deliver the drug of your choice to your doorstep. So we're living in a different world, and this is the world where we don't have necessarily the time. So interventions, I believe are more powerful today. But in the end, the bottom line is this is to save lives. You know, when you get to the point where you're having an intervention, there's something going on. And I've been part of mental health, involuntary, and sometimes that is true sometimes those things happen. But there is a process in place from my perspective where steps are followed and every step of the way has one goal. Can I save the life at this step? Can I save the life at this step? Can I save the life? Can I save the life? And if you cannot save the life that day, is there something that somebody heard that might save that life tomorrow? So that's my simplistic view of intervention. Absolutely. And, and not
0: minimizing it, either of you, not you or Cliff, it is a question of life and death, because when it has gotten to this point, and a professional has to be called in, it's because it has risen to a situation where life and death is the number one thing they have to worry about. So um, Cliff... So here we are, you have asked the family to write letters about how they are reacting and how their situation, from their personal point of view, how they are suffering because of the behavior of their loved one who is getting themselves involved with alcohol or drugs to some level. So I would be writing a letter saying, I Jo, I see what you're doing and how it's hurting me and how it's affecting me. So that's what you're saying. A very personal matter.
2: Partially, and and how they see it affecting the loved one, because the loved one may be sort of aware, but they're not completely aware. Um, And so, you know, they're, they're drinking and or using, or they're really depressed. I mean, they come to the intervention the way they always come to life. They're always drinking, they're always using, they pre-game, they're terrified. Um, and there's another part of the intervention letter that's separate, which is called a bottom line statement. And the bottom line statement I say to families are, you need to say what your bottom line, because the first part of the letter is, they say, we want you to go to treatment today. There's a car service waiting for you, your bags have been packed, and you're going this afternoon. The other part is if someone is not willing to go, the family member may say, "Well, my bottom line is that you cannot be at our family functions until you're in recovery, or I'm not going to drink with you socially anymore because I now realize that's dangerous for you and for I." So it's pretty complete. Yes, practice that. When
0: you say bottom line, that ultimatum, there it is. That's life or death. So. Uh, initially is it, and this is what everybody has to know, an intervention means there's going to be an ultimate goal of now this loved one is going to get formalized treatment, like you said, in the car, bags packed, ready to go, and this is something you helped the family with before, is that correct? Like you said, finding the right treatment center, so the reservation yeah. is yeah. already made, the payment is in place, and everybody knows where this person is going, of course, except for this person, and then they say, here's your bags, here it is, and you also facilitate taking them to treatment as well. Is that correct? Is that part of what um, it
2: I usually don't, um, but there are some of the treatment centers that I work with, which are out of state, provide sober, sober staff to fly or drive with them, there's a liability issue if I take someone in my car and they jump out. Right. Um, they're bonded in a different fashion, but I, I, I have pretty close relationships. I know from the moment that someone leaves, I get a, a safety call. The treatment center calls and says, she's in or he's in. And then okay. when I transfer them from detox to the residential, I get another safety call. Okay. And the things that I need to underscore is that when I meet this person, I, I sort of transition from an intervention professional to a therapist. And there's never been a time yet where someone won't say, I will sign the release. I want you involved in my treatment because I have no idea what's going on. And that that has worked very successfully. The bottom line statement is something that the family member says, but has to stick to. It does no good to make a promise or a threat if the the family member is not gonna be able, it could be something very subtle. It needs to be something and that's why we do all this prep work and i meet with the family live before we talk about things like who's going to go first who's going to sit next to the person you know um who's going to read their letter first um it's sort of sophisticated But how long does it last when you're in
0: the room with that family
2: how well long- i don't set a time limit. <laughs> here's the way it works if you invest in me, I invest with the loved one and the family. So if, if Johnny doesn't go Sunday, Cliff's going to be involved. And maybe they'll, Johnny, because I, Johnny may call me Tuesday. You know, I made a really bad mistake. Can I still go? That's sometimes what happens.
1: It's true. But let's, let's just be very clear with our listening audience, because this, let me be very clear. This is not a drive through to get a hamburger. No. This is this is not I'm going to I'm going to drive through the window. I'm going to get a 2 for 1. No. You know when you hear Cliff talk or Ellen lives matter. They're important. And it takes whatever it takes as long as it takes. But your question, Ellen, really points to something and that's why I need to say it because you know and I know that people are shocked that communication actually takes a little bit of time but this is where it has to start you know the other thing I want to say and I want to ask you both about this there's some very misleading information out there right now for folks and I think Cliff you should talk to this too You're going to read a lot of studies where people are saying, oh, not only am I not drinking as much, but I'm not drinking at all. And so one of the things we know when you self-report, just saying if it's different, please chime in both of you. When you self-report about addiction, alcohol, or drugs, when you're self-reporting, how many people do you know that really have a problem actually in a survey or even when they're asked how many of them say yeah man i almost overdosed yesterday no they don't but you've got to start to look at getting help ellen cliff isn't this about help
0: it's all about
2: you're gonna answer my
1: Okay, I'll take it. First of all,
0: it's all about help, and it's definitely about life and death. And what Cliff does on a daily basis and what we see on a daily basis in in the addiction field is it's, Trying to help save lives, especially now, because everybody is looking introspectively. I can't emphasize that enough. In the COVID nineteen situation, we are we are with our loved ones more than ever, and because of this, we're stressing out. Um, maybe maybe we're close to eviction. Maybe we're close to not getting our benefits. Maybe we're unemployed. Oh. Maybe we're trying and with all of the things that we are trying to deal with today, our addictions are running rampant. Even people that have had long term sobriety are now relapsing in, in many ways. Absolutely. Many so 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 here I am sitting here with 34 years clean and sober and there are times more than ever that I say, my God, I have to go back online to a meeting because I'm feeling the stress of being at home with the virus or being, you know, or not being able to cope with some of the things that are out of the ordinary because our circumstances right now are out of the ordinary. So that's why this program came about to begin with because there are resources and ways to get professional help and an intervention is one of those ways and we don't take any of those things lightly. Correct Cliff, you're in the business just like I am.
2: I'm in the business. Um so most people that do what I do stay involved after the person goes to wherever they're going. So any any treatment center that I refer to, I have releases, I work with the therapist, sometimes I do Zoom sessions. So my exposure to someone is long lasting. What I say to the families is just because Johnny's going to treatment for 28 days, doesn't mean Johnny's coming back and he's well. Part of the work with the family is to refer them. I do family support groups. Um, They're not always, the families are frightened of what changes. I recommend Al-Anon, Narnon, families and a lot of for them to focus, but I stay involved with the loved one while they're in treatment, help them with their discharge planning where they might go. Maybe they can't go back to a certain residence because it's toxic. Uh, And then I try to stay involved with them when they get out. So what does that mean? It means if they're successful and they call me and they're out, I will say, good, let's meet tonight at a meeting. Terrific, Cliff. Thank
0: you very much. We really appreciate everything. And again, you can find Cliff at k o b l i n K-O-B-L-I-N.com, a certified intervention professionalist. Um, Dr. Pat, you have any last questions for
1: Cliff? Yeah, well, I I have a comment and, and that is this, and this is my own personal perspective, Cliff, People like to wait till they're sure. You know what I mean? Cliff, Ellen, they like to wait till they're sure. I want to be sure Bobby needs help. By the time you're sure, if ever, it could be too late. And there is no real harm in this and reaching out. And right now, this is happening. You have to reach out. You have to ask for help. We've never had a scenario with drugs and alcohol ever that I can remember in the way we have now. Texas is number one for increase. And it is Ellen, as you said, there is a direct correlation with COVID-19 states. Now I, I'm just picking the numbers and telling you, but this is important. Thank you both for this. You know. How about you, Ellen? What do we have for for Cliff now? Well, right now we have um,
0: anything that you need. If you need extra help, you absolutely turn around and go to pushybroadfromthebronx.com. I will get you in touch with Cliff. I'll get you in touch with a certified intervention professional. You have more access than ever before. Um, And... Our inter- interventions are a success for the most part, aren't they, Cliff? For the most part, people do want to get help, and the family
2: is certainly much better off for um, it. I say that if, if I can get them into the room, they go to, usually go to treatment. It's a pretty strong validation. Awesome. Yeah. It really proves
0: that interventions do work. And if they don't work, then like Cliff said, you go back and do it again, and you do it again, and the family does not give up no matter what. I always say as long as someone is alive, there is hope, and you never give up when it, when it comes to um, helping a family member. There's no question. That's exactly what you have to do. So um, it pays to go out and get a professional when it comes
1: to this, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, wow, thank you both for today. Websites thank really you. quickly. Let's have your websites for folks today.
2: On my website, yeah. www.cliff, C-L-I-F-F, Koblen, dot And I'll give my cell phone so anybody can call me. Beautiful. 915 6275
0: Terrific! Read all about Cliff on my on uh, the Transformation Talk Radio website for today's show. And again, this is Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx, pushybroadfromthebronx.com. the Bronx.com. You've been listening to Recovery Recharged with certified life and recovery coach Ellen Stewart, Pushy Broad from the Bronx. Don't miss your next opportunity to let me help you recharge your recovery, let go of your secrets, and change the way you think. Feel and act right here on TransformationTalkRadio.com.